If you're an FI looking to modernize your payments, there's three things I think you can do right now. Hi, and welcome to another episode of FI Today, the podcast where we talk about all things banks, credit unions, payments, and more. Again, Kevin Miyamoto, co-founder and COO of Identify, also known as Moto. Hello, Moto. We have a great show lined up for you today. A good friend of mine, one of the true payments geeks out there. So please welcome Greg Lloyd, Managing Director of EY's Payments Practice. So Greg, welcome. Thank you, Kevin. It's great to be here. So let's uh, before we dive into a, a topic that is uh, near and dear to my heart and, and yours as well, payment modernization, let's talk about Greg Lloyd. Give us the background of how you got to where you are today. <laughs> it's been a long and fun road. The, the short version is I love to build complicated stuff. So I uh, got into, my pay, uh, my, into the payments industry about 10 years ago, had the wonderful opportunity to help build digital wallets when I was at Bank of America, helped launch Apple Pay and Android Pay and, pay and Samsung Pay, and I've been hooked ever since. It's just so cool to see how amazing you can build, uh, you know, how amazingly you can build some of this stuff, how complicated it is. Um, so, yeah, was at Bank of America for a number of years. What is it, a small consultancy before joining EY? Um, and that's been sort of my journey. Again, as you, as you said, payments geek, payments nerd, those seem to be the terms today. I just love understanding how this stuff works. And for me, the really cool part is payments is one of those unique things that both the, the extreme detail matters, but then people don't want to see the extreme detail. Like you think about the cliched example of Uber, right? Yeah. Or whatever, you know, whatever thing you're going to order your food to or from. It's really important that payments is absolutely perfect because otherwise they're not going to use your app. But then at the same time, they don't even want to know it's there. They don't want to know it exists. They just want their magical thing to happen. So yeah. yeah. And you hit something that I think about all the time and that payments is really complicated, right? It's, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of, you know, regulations and rules that come with it. And yet no one really cares about, it. they just want it to work, right? As long as I send Greg a payment, I want it to work. There's a million things that go into it. Um, but they don't they don't care about any of that stuff. They just want to make sure that my payment is safe, secure, it gets sent to you. And the other the other challenge too is that, you know, as a practitioner, if I'm at an FI, even having the knowledge to explain how that works with potential fintechs or customers, that also in itself is a very complicated process. I mean, on this channel we talk about education all the time, but um totally totally agree with you that in general payments can be Certainly, very, very complicated, um, and, and but yeah, it's 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 an awesome, awesome thing to be involved with. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's talk about payment modernization, though, because you, you um, obviously have a, a great background for that. So, you know, Greg, as you're meeting with clients, um, and you you could tell us kind of what types of clients, whether it's more on the credit union side or community or regional or, or large banks, but as you're talking with your clients. In terms of payment monetization, what are you seeing in the market today? So I see a few different things. And I'll start by saying the funny part for me is when you say payment monetization, everyone has a different idea of what it is. So I'll sort of start with what I think it is. And then I'll give you a few examples. For me, what it is, it's just looking at how you do payments today, what you're doing. Um, I don't want to say the word strategy, but like, do you know why you're doing certain things? Do you have some sort of intention behind it? And then making sure everything's lined up behind that. As everybody who's in banking knows, 
the technology is decades old and you're lucky if it's only one or two decades old, right? Um, so for me, it's really digging into that and understanding what pieces I have where and what would it, what should it look like if I was starting from scratch today and then how do I start to move in that direction? Um, a lot of what I see is uh, lately right now it's focused on modernizing a couple specific rails. Um, I'm seeing a lot in the wire space, modernizing, whether it's because you're trying to do something new or because your contract's up and you want something better. Or I know some banks that have had regular regulatory issues with some of their vendors. Um, so modernizing maybe ACH or wire, starting to see a ramp up in card modernizations as well, which I'll put a little outside of what I think of as pay mod. Um, maybe to dissect that for a second, I think of as payment modernization as more on enterprise money movement. Wire, ACH, Zelle, RTP, and even Zelle should be in there, these foundational capabilities. Um, card is a little peripheral, a little more peripheral where it's more for a specific product, but nonetheless still seeing a lot of work there. Um, and to, to the comment you made earlier, I am seeing it across the board. I know some $8, million or $8 billion credit unions that have been working on modernizing parts of their stack then you see the top five, top 10 banks doing the same thing, and it spreads throughout in between. For me, the big thing is how much do these institutions, these financial institutions, credit unions or banks, have a sense of what are they trying to do, what are they trying to achieve, and what do they need to do to get there? Let's, let's talk about that a little more and unpeel that. So you know, as you're talking with these FIs and they say, hey, hey, Greg, we're thinking about modernizing our payment stack and moving from... Um, some of our uh, volume, or, or we're actually looking to introduce FedNow to our customers. Um, so, you know, obviously there's there's a checklist that you probably go through and some questions that you ask yourselves. But when you're talking with these customers, what are some of the roadblocks that you see that they're facing right away? So question number one for me is what are you trying to achieve? Um, whether it be FedNow or RTP or something else. Um, is it just, hey, you have to move from one vendor to a different one because of whatever reason? Are you trying to launch something new just to maintain parity in the market? Or are you trying to make a big splash? So that, that's always question number one for me. Question number two is, what's your current stack today? And I shouldn't use the word stack because that implies technology. It's not just technology. What is your current environment today? Do you even know what it is? particularly as you move down market outside the top five or 10, and especially as you move outside the top 30 or 40 banks, often they don't have a full vision. You've got to go to three or five or 10 different people to get an understanding of what's the process, what's the technology, how's the people set up, um, you know, and then especially as you move way down market to, you know, the lower part of the 100s and beyond, um, often they've never thought about it. They maybe have a vendor that gives them things magically off the shelf, and they just have it, and so they, they've never thought about any of this. Um, so that's question two is what, what's your current setup? Um, the third question that I always like to ask that gets a little dicey is I like to probe around payment hubs. Um, and payment hubs over the last, I don't know, 10 or 20 years have gone up and down and up and down multiple times. Um, and it it's interesting to ask people what they want, because even if they don't understand what a payment hub is and everyone has a different opinion, it still elicits a lot of, a lot of great conversation around what they want, what they're trying to achieve. Are they trying to build some big monstrosity thing? Do they want lots of little things? It just gets people thinking. Um, so those are usually well, I mean, the what, three things. Greg, I start with. What, what is your definition of a payment hub? 
I think not to put you on the spot, but (laughs) no, it's a good question. For me, a payment hub is a couple different components. It's the ability to connect to some rails. It's the ability to centralize some data. Um, and I'm going to say that very gently. Um, it is something around orchestration, routing, um, you know, just understanding what rules and how you make what decisions. There's something around compliance regulation. So doing the OFAC, AML, all those acronyms that us bankers love. So for me, it's a combination of different pieces, which is why I I tend to lean towards a best of breed approach. I think both can work. The buy a giant hub off the shelf can work. The best of breed, let me get something that does this, something that does this, and you sort of piece it together yourself. Both can work. It's just a matter of understanding what you want. But I define it as a couple of those functions that can be one or just wired together. Yeah. And I guess if in, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this or not, when you're looking across, do, do, you know, community banks and credit unions tend to buy something that's more off the shelf uh, as opposed to larger banks are building it or vice versa. What are you seeing out there? Uh, I'll break it into two categories for connectivity to something. I think smaller institutions tend to buy more off the shelf. Um, they're not going to go to direct to any of these rails. And even for what they do implement, they expect simpler. They want the complexity handled within the vendor rather than within their own systems, traditionally. On top of that, when you talk about a payment hub, um, I see that the smaller institutions tend not to go there. Even if you decompose a hub into these different parts and maybe talk through what they need, they don't have as grandiose plans to have all those different components versus a larger institution. Now, of course, that varies. I know one of the things you and I talked about in advance of this was some different topics and we picked on PayMod, but like Bass is another one Mm -hmm. where even for a smaller institution, if you've got a small institution that is a Bass bank, a banking as a service bank, and maybe they're enabling a lot of payments capabilities, well, then maybe they are going to need those capabilities, even though they're smaller. So obviously no hard and fast rules here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one thing that you touched on a little bit earlier that, I keep thinking about as we have this conversation is, you know, thinking about everything in addition to just the payment. So, you know, you talk about the the legal and risk and compliance ramifications of setting up a new payment role or payment product or payment payment environment, right? Or adjusting that. I always think about it kind of on the business side. So if you just build a product, that doesn't mean you're going to get customers on it right away. Um, yep. To your point, I'm sure we could, we'll talk about this here a little bit more is, before you just jump into building a product or service and hoping that you'll have customers come, you, you really need to kind of look at your portfolio, figure yeah. out what products and services match up with your portfolio, make sure that your marketing, your sales team are all aligned so that yeah. it is a successful product launch. Because I'm, I'm sure you've seen this many times, Greg, where you know banks and credit unions will kind of jump in and do the product first and push out the product and then really struggle on the back end to to bring bring up adoption and utilization of that product or service. Yeah, and I'd add one more to that. If they don't know what their strategy is, or at least they don't know fully what they're going to do with it, and they don't have all those pieces you were just talking about, sometimes what they end up building doesn't even serve that function. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or they missed a step. Or right? How many times have we had a product that we try out and it's incomplete? Boy, they really should have done that. And well, yeah, they should have, but they didn't know where they were going when they started building it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, 
it's kind of what you said before. Th think about everything before you kind of jump in and just start building, I, I think, is a big key. And, and one thing I'll add on that, I'm not an architect, but I've tried to play one on TV sometimes, but I've worked with some really talented architects in my past. And when you talk about the technology that underpins all this, there's a lot of things you can throw out there, right? There's DevSecOps, there's these microservices, these containers, there's all these different technology components that ultimately unleash all the stuff we're talking about here. Um, and uh, because I'm a little nerdy on this stuff, like I think, yeah, of course, if you're going to build it, you build it, right? You build all this stuff. But that's not entirely true. Depending on what your ambitions are in going down a payment modernization journey, um, like you may not need to worry about state-of-the-art technology, whether it's DevSecOps, tool sets, or something else. So it's also knowing what not to build. Again, whether it's those foundational technology capabilities or some of those components I listed earlier. Yeah. So, so I guess for those listening, let's say that I'm a community bank, um, five to ten billion dollars in assets, and I'm thinking about, you know, rolling out Fed now because I've heard in the market. I think that based on my portfolio, here's um, Fed now is a service that I think I have a customer base for immediately from day one. So, what what advice would you give to me as a you know community bank or credit union looking to roll out Fed now as an example? So I'd say it's a few different things. Number one, particularly for that size, I'd imagine you're going to get it through an existing vendor, maybe a new vendor, but one of a select few number of vendors who you're going to start with. So I'd say talk to your existing vendor or vendors, understand what they have, what are their timelines, how they're rolling it out. Does it even work for your core and everything else so that you know what you're looking at? So that's number one. Um, and these are in no particular order. Number two, to the point we were just talking about, whether you want to call it use cases, strategy, bucket a bunch of those things together, figuring that stuff out. Because you may be a five or $10 billion community bank um, and you're heavy retail, or are you heavy commercial? And if you're heavy commercial, what industries do you serve? Is it just local? I don't know. Delhi's too small to be a commercial entity, but you get my point. Like what types of businesses are you serving? What type of commercial entities are you serving? And what do they care about? Is it just about receiving? Is it about sending? Bill pay is something we've talked about a lot in the industry lately, whether it's through RTP or even well before that. And I know the Fed's talking about it as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe bill pay is required, in which case you've got to make sure you're implementing a request for payment. You're thinking about all that. Um, so that's the second thing is making sure you understand. And, and I should be careful as I say this. It's not just about your customers today. Maybe your ambitions of the future are expanding on that tenfold. Or maybe you're going to do a hard left. Maybe you're going to say, hey, I got all these customers. They're great. I want to implement FedNow because I want to go after a whole new customer set, right? Thinking through all those things, I think, is really critical. Um, and then the third thing that I think is really important, if you've never implemented an immediate uh, or faster payment capability, it scares a lot of people. And I've seen different institutions go about it different ways. Sometimes people say, all right, we're going to do this. We're going forward. And then you've got to drag all these people behind you. They get scared. They fight you. Things take five times as long. There's one bank I worked with um, where they, I think they did it right. Up front, they scheduled deep dive sessions with each key team. They had three days with their payment operations team. They had a, a half day with their tre internal treasury team. They had a day and a half with their servicing teams. And they spent the time to educate all of these teams on what it is, how it works, 
when I say real-time payments, what does that actually mean? Whether it's FedNow or a TCH solution, like what does this mean? Like I still have a couple of days to check some things or like I get less than a half a second. Are you even going to talk to me? Are you just going to tell me afterwards that you did it, right? These are things that people are scared of and worry about. So I think that's another thing is particularly for smaller institutions where people might not be as familiar and they, they might be more timid, spend the time to educate them so that they can they can empower you in the journey. They're not someone you're dragging along. Well, and you just hit that right in the head. I mean, again, we talk about education all the time. Imagine that, you know, you're in payment ops and I'm, you know, one of the product managers talking about rolling out FedNow. I'm going to say, oh, we're going to roll out FedNow. Well, if you're unfamiliar with FedNow, you're going to Google it. And if you Google FedNow or RTP or faster payments, the results are different. You can have, you know, one answer might say, oh, it's similar to Venmo. Another answer might say, oh, it's totally different than Venmo. It's just, they vary so much. So I totally agree with you. Getting everyone on the same page up front with kind of uh, definitions and what what you all are talking about from day one, as opposed to dragging them along day 20 or day 30 along the process Mm -hmm. where they have other questions, I think would definitely set them up for success. Yeah. And also going back to some of our earlier conversation on like, what are you building from a strategic perspective, but also people process technology. It's not only changing it so those people don't drag you, but how can they empower you? How can they help you come up with the requirements of the things you need to ensure this is successful? Whether it's processes, maybe it's a reporting toolkit that you need for your end customers, but only the customer service agents would think about it because they get 10 calls a day or 10 calls a week on this problem. They're like, you know, if you're gonna do that, if you're opening the hood on this particular part of the car, um, you should build this reporting capability. It's like, again, I keep repeating myself, empower them to help you be successful and come up with the requirements that you might forget or underestimate. Yeah. I mean, that's just, again, great, great point. I mean, this, this happens in the startup world all the time where one, one team will say, Hey, we want this enabled or we actually, we don't want this feature enabled because it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, work for a subset of customers. Well, if you disable that, then these other five features also get disabled. Right. And I think that's also true for payment modernization, um, just updating environments. There's a huge domino effect. Yep, exactly. So, Agreed. Anyways, Greg, thank you so much for your time this morning. We we really appreciate it. Um, if anyone listening today wants to get a hold of you, how can they do so? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn um, or you can email me. My email is greg.lloyd at ey.com. LinkedIn's probably the easiest and the best, but would love to chat with anyone. I love chatting payments as Hopefully you can tell. And one last shout out, Kevin, just because I think both near and near to our hearts, I see the ePay uh, swag behind your head. Oh, yes. So hopefully I'm allowed to do this, but I'm going to give a shout out to ePay Conference where Kevin and I, you in the opportunity to meet, get to know each other. Awesome payments conference. Uh, so I just, just had to do the shout out. Yeah, shout out to ePay. We love ePay. <laughs> Anyways, great. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. And uh, for those listeners out there, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Kevin.